Hey y'all, I'm Maddie, author, speaker, and certified sommelier. I think we can all agree that life can get pretty tough at times. So I'm going on a journey to uncover how some of my favorite people are chasing joy in their lives. And I'm bringing you along with me. Through personal stories and funny encounters, I'm chatting with authors and entrepreneurs, musicians and brands to learn how they hang on to the good in life, even as the trouble comes. Because as life gets hard, joy is a choice we can make together. I'm Maddie, and this is the Enjoy Life Podcast. What's up, Enjoy Life fam? I can't believe it, but this is the last episode of season one, episode 12, and I thought... What better way to end it than just a little one-on-one time with you and kind of thinking back through some of the major topics and conversation points um, that were recurring over the course of this season um, through all of our interviews. And I got to say that it feels very full circle to talk to you today about how to wait well. When we started the launch group, um, sort of as uh, as a way to connect with y'all, when we were beginning to launch the show in January, we asked a few different times, you know, what are some topics that you want to hear about most? What are some things that you're struggling with most that you want uh, to have a conversation about and to have these amazing guests speak into? And the number one thing was how to have joy in seasons of waiting, how to be content in seasons of waiting, how to wait well. And as I think is evident, the more you get to know me, and I touched on this a little bit in the last solo episode on savoring, waiting is not my nature. Patience is not my greatest strength. I told the little story last time about my eighth grade science teacher saying that I yell at the microwave to go faster that is still true. That is still my impulse and the rate at which I would like to move and live. And when I tell you, even at almost 33 years old, I will not shop in person at the Zara in Nashville. I don't know if it's just our Zara or if it's universal. And I would love some feedback on that because I don't care if it is Tuesday at 1030 AM, there is no less than a 45 minute wait at the Zara. Don't get me started on there's no dressing room. So like, why do you wait in this line just to have to come back and wait 45 minutes to return something? I just don't do it. I can't. Waiting is not the way that I want to operate. But I think the reason this was top of mind for so many of you and is is the way that I want to close this show is that I think sometimes it can almost be harder to savor, to seek joy, to pause in the moments, the good moments of our day. And sometimes even harder when we're waiting on something than when we're in like a rock bottom valley season, if that makes sense. Because at the rock bottom, you're desperate for joy. You look for it everywhere. At least I did. I felt ravenous for it. But it's in the mundane and in the waiting and in the grind that I think it's very easy to lose sight of the joys in front of us. But the reality of life, y'all, is is a is a waiting game, right? Every time we arrive at one place, we are then forced to see the next spot we want to get to, the next thing we want to achieve. It's just like 
mean, y'all remember like being in high school, it's always like, oh, well, where are you going to go to college? And then it's like, what's your major going to be? And then are you going to get married? And then are you going to have kids? I mean, it's just a constant waiting game. And I think because that's the reality of of sort of this human life, we can either do it in this sort of hamster wheel way of destruction that leaves us, you know, flustered and discontented and stressed out and frustrated, or we can learn to wait well. We can learn to live with gratitude in the now and also anticipation and dreaming for the future. But I get how hard this is. Like, I get it on every level. The whole reason that that this kind of came to mind to have this conversation at the end of the season was because I realized how many times a day recently I've been saying, man, I can't wait for the wedding. I can't wait for the honeymoon. I can't wait for the rehearsal dinner and all my people to be there and to celebrate and this hugely anticipated moment that for years of 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 the last years of my life I didn't know if it was ever going to happen again for me and I just can't wait. And so that's a good waiting, right? Like some of y'all are in that season where you're like I can't wait for what's coming. I'm so excited. I think about it. I'm planning for it. I'm ready for it. And that's such a gift and I'm so thankful. And I hope you're there too, but I also get, right, the almost five years that preceded this moment for me that were grief, that were wondering, that that were occasionally doubting, that that were marked with so many tearful prayers like, God, please give me the opportunity to do this again, to have a family again. And I get it in terms of my book, man. I The first episode of the season, I was talking with Annie Downs and you know, we were talking about her journey toward this career and how much waiting and how much rejection that she endured on the front end of that, that nobody ever sees or hears about. And I was telling her, you know, I knew in my heart at 19 years old, the University of Tennessee taking these writing classes, like I knew that writing was what God had for me. But it was 12 years, right? And tremendous heartbreak later that that actually came to fruition. And and in that waiting, God was working things in me that made me the right tool at the right time to start this thing that he had for me. And if he had started it at 21 and not at 31, I just don't think it would have worked. And you know, for that, I'm really grateful. So there's all these different things and different seasons and different emotions and experiences that we go through when we're waiting on something. But I think the point is, and this was a conversation I had with someone recently, I think the point is we're going to suffer. We're going to have to wait on things in this life. And our choice is to do it in the hamster wheel or to do it well. And I think I don't want to miss and I don't want y'all to miss the treasures that come only in the waiting when we learn to do it well, when we learn to do it hopefully, when we learn to do it hand in hand with God and other trusted people in our lives. Because there is this underlying strength and resilience and, to use our word, joy that only comes from the slow build. Like I used to do Pure Bar when I was much younger, and it's I don't anymore because I, I quite honestly just don't want to, But and I'm impatient. But the, but the point of that is like the point of that class in Pilates and yoga is that the slow burn, right, the tiny repetitions are what stretch and build and and define those muscles. And, and that's what it is like to wait well. I think I don't want to be robbed of how waiting refines me 
and subsequently like brings this real richness of life, you know, that doesn't happen if you microwave through. Like I talked about last time, if I had microwaved through my 20s, I would have never had the life experience and depth and honestly humility to not make this writing career that I've always dreamed of about me because it's so clearly not about me. It's so clearly what God prepared me for and gave me um, through something really hard. And had I microwaved through that, it wouldn't be what it is today. And if I had microwaved through the pain, I wouldn't be this person that I love so much more and is so much better able to walk into a marriage now and love someone well and sacrifice better because of what God did in the waiting. So, you know, we we saw this in all of our guests. If y'all haven't gone back, you know, Naomi Rain talks about her years of personal struggle and work it took to complete this, her first solo album called Journey, which is so raw and so moving and so inspiring. And I talked about Annie, right? Her, all the years she went through of waiting and rejection and how when she looks back in retrospect, she saw that those years of waiting, kind of like me, like with the book, is was God ripping away her desire for what she does to define who she is. She had to wait for him to separate her identity from her craft before he gave her this career that helps so many people because she was refined in the waiting. And so I think what I want to talk about today is, is why there's joy in the waiting. I think that Waiting seasons are a battleground, and we can choose to fight for joy, or we can get lost in the hamster wheel. And and I, I will say, I think that that this waiting, we often feel trapped. Like we might feel handcuffed. Like we don't, we have no control over what's next, or we're, you know, a victim to our circumstances, or we're praying, we're praying, we're praying, but we're not hearing anything, and we're just waiting. And I will say, I get what that feels like, and also waiting biblically waiting with the Lord isn't stagnant. It is the opposite of being handcuffed. Like when we hear these verses, you know, wait on the Lord, it says over and over in scripture and the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. I don't believe based on things that I've read from actual theologians and just the experiences I've had in my life, like that stillness, that waiting with God is not stagnant. It doesn't mean sit on your hands and wait for something to fall in your lap. It means partnering, right, in communication with and and in really holy anticipation with God of what he has, like of dreaming big and dreaming knowing that, yeah, maybe it's not in your hands, but like let's not sell God short on what we know he can do, even if what he does do doesn't align with what we would like him to do. I mean, this is... This idea of holy anticipation and waiting on the Lord actively and uh, excitedly waiting on the Lord is all through Scripture. Like it's it's the legacy of how to hope, how to wait. Well, like we see it with Abraham and Sarah. If y'all are familiar with the story, like ninety, a hundred ish years old, and God says, "I'm gonna." give you a son and you're going to be the father of all nations. And they're waiting and waiting and waiting. And literally their physical bodies are drying up. But in that, man, they're drawing closer to God and they're drawing closer to one another. And they're being refined to be the foundation of the faith. You know, we see it like when when the Hebrews are freed in Exodus and then they're 40 years, right, waiting to get to the promised land. We see it in all the, the New Testament 
authors like waiting for God to come back, waiting for Jesus to return, believing the words that he said in this hopeful anticipation of what we're all waiting for. Like that's what Advent is. Y'all, a lot of you watch my Advent videos. Advent just means waiting. Like it's a waiting for Jesus to return. And and in our day-to-day life, we can live that Advent too. Like waiting on the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control that God sows in us in the seasons that are uncomfortable. And I love that Ann Voskamp, she calls it a sacrament. In her book, uh, Waymaker, she says the sacrament of waiting can feel the hardest of all because in the waiting, there is a letting go to let something new grow. Waiting is a kind of expecting, expecting to have the capacity for hope and for pain and for love and for life in general to expand. Waiting isn't loss, it's enlarging. The longer the heart waits, the larger the heart expands to hold the largeness of life in a different way. And I love that because I know if y'all been around here for any time at all, you've heard me say over and over that the deeper you allow yourself to honestly feel pain, the deeper your capacity to feel joy increases as well. And I think, as Anna is saying here in this beautiful passage, Waiting, too, increases your capacity to feel joy in bigger ways, to have gratitude more boldly and often. And so I want to also take a second to address this quote that you hear all the time, which is true. Um, You've probably heard or said to someone or to yourself that, you know, aren't expectations just disappointments waiting to happen? And I think that The difference in this is expectations that you put on someone else, yeah, that is probably a disappointment waiting to happen. Expectations that you put on God can feel like disappointments because his his answer and his best isn't always what we feel like the best answer is, right? But I will say, the Bible says that hope does not disappoint. And that that is a holy hope. That is a hope that is set completely and entirely in who God says he is, how much he says he loves us, and what he says he promises to do for us, which is which is to love us, which is to take care of us, which is to to have a future for us and not forsake us, okay? Like holy hope in what God says is the hope that doesn't disappoint. It is certain. But we have to say sometimes, you know, the earthly hopes we have, the desires we have, the expectations we have do disappoint. And and the hope the things that we hope for may not be certain. The things that we may wait on, we we may not get. And we would be foolish not to be honest about that. But what I would like to suggest is that the action of hoping as you wait, the action of hoping for something that you desire or dreaming of something that you desire or speaking aloud things that are good and beautiful that you desire for your life. The action of hoping actually creates in us a mindset of greater joy and peace. Just like the action of worrying brings about a mindset of anxiety and worry and fear. This is the the waiting for the other shoe to drop mindset, right? And I, there are people in my life who are just wired with that mindset. And, and the only thing I always 
try to impress on them is, listen, I get it. And like, you're smart to prepare. You are wise to be honest about, about a hard reality called life that, that the hard things happen, but also your action of worrying about something that hasn't happened yet and very well may not happen is stealing your joy in the meantime, right? So you can either lament and grieve and hurt and deal with a hard thing when it happens, because you're going to have to either way, or you can worry and grieve and lament the thing leading up to it that may not happen. And then if it does happen, then you've just had to hurt twice. Some of you are thinking that's really blindly optimistic, and it very well may be. But the point is, the action of hoping brings a mindset of of joy and peace. The action of worry brings a mindset of anxiety. It always will. Bracing for impact does not keep you from getting injured. So as we learn to hope, right, This we take action in hope. When we choose holy anticipation, when we learn to wait well with God, with others, we experience more joy. That's just the result of it. And then the follow-up question now is, okay, what if we don't get what we're hoping for? I know that in a very profound way. What if we don't get the answer to the prayer? What if the dream that you feel God's put in your heart doesn't come? And this is where all I know to say is this is why we live with open hands, right? This is what Jesus models for us in the Garden of Gethsemane, Father, please take this bitter cup from me. Like, please give me another way out of this. But if not, not my will, your will. That's the prayer. Someone asked me after Ben died, how do you pray for people to be healed? And I say very honestly, for a long time, I didn't because I didn't think it mattered because we did. And the answer was no. But then... I was kindly directed back to this, which is ask for the healing, ask for the dream, go for it as big as you possibly can with God, and then open your hands. And if the answer isn't the answer you want, then that means there is something greater for you that you can't see. But that takes open hands. It takes waiting well. And and waiting well, y'all, is honestly less about the thing that you're waiting for and and more about letting God work in us the things that need to be worked while we wait. It's about leaning in and trusting closer relationship with him. It's about leaning in vulnerably and honestly with the safe people in your life so that you can navigate this well together, so you can build each other up together, so that you can have richer relationship with one another. As you wait, part of waiting well is refusing to do it alone. I believe that. Because isn't it just more fun to dream with other people? Like, isn't it more fun to hope with other people and and wait with other people and when you do get a result, right, whether it is the one you're you're dreaming of, the one you're hoping for, or a really hard no or not right now, man, you want to be walking hand in hand with your people. You want to be walking hand in hand, reliant and trusting on God when either of those answers come. I read recently the very simple statement that joy only exists in the present. 
And it really does. I mean, it, it is a it is a temporal feeling. You can't feel joy. You can feel joy about the future. You can feel joy thinking about the past, but you only experience joy in the present. And I think hope only exists in the waiting. I think hope only exists in the waiting. And hope is such a beautiful feeling. Like you don't want to miss it. The the, the buildup matters, right? Okay. And I, I'm thinking about this because we've been finalizing uh, songs for the ceremony for the wedding. And in thinking about walking down the aisle, and I'm going to give a big spoiler here, but most people know this, um, who are coming. But dad and I are going to walk down the aisle to the main track of the Father of the Bride movie. It It is just, it's been like our family's number one our entire life, I think, because we're all girls. I could recite probably the script from memory. And when I was thinking about what I wanted to do, there's this whole crescendo, like the first 30 seconds of that song, where it's horns and it's this big dum dum da da, you know, like the actual bridal march. And it's just, it's, it's this building up to this crescendo that goes into the beautiful title track of the song that just is so personal and intimate and emotional and nostalgic to me that every time I play it, every time I picture the buildup of that, and then dad and I entering right when that crescendo ends and the music changes, I cry every time I hear it, every time I think about it. And y'all know I am not a crier. <laughs> it's the buildup, right? It's the crescendo. And that only happens if the music is building. The definition, I looked it up, of crescendo, the highest point reached in a gradual increase of intensity. If it wasn't gradual, if it wasn't a slow build, that moment wouldn't be as powerful. It wouldn't be as poignant and beautiful. And until we learn to sit well in the buildup, we will miss the full beauty and the full impact of the crescendo of the song. And I don't want to miss that. I don't want to miss that. And that's waiting well to me. It, it, it's hoping big with open hands. And it really is a juggle. Like you have to juggle reality with the dreams. You know, you have to hold disappointments with holy assurances. And the big picture of that, y'all, is a phrase that is going to sound very kind of theology and heady, but it's to live in light of eternity. And I remember thinking about that so, so much in the early days after Ben passed. I'm like, what does that really mean? Like, it's a nice term, probably looks good on a pillow somewhere in a church, but like, what does that really mean? And here's here's an excerpt from one of the very last chapters in Lemons, and this is what I believe it means. I now understand that living in light of eternity doesn't mean reverently, stagnantly waiting for something. It doesn't mean denying the realities of life. It means as we wait, hurt and hope, longing and laughter, devastation and anticipation can all happen at the same time in the same heart when Christ is at the center. I really believe that's true because I've experienced it because you see it all through the pages of scripture, all in the lives of the people that you admire, right? Watch them juggle hurt and hope. Watch them long and be content, you know? Watch them be grounded and, and grateful in the present, but also never quit dreaming for what could be next. That's the way we want to live. That's the way I want to wait, right? I want to hope big and wait well and dream 
and and not miss out on anything that's happening today, but also never quit calling out for what could be next, what what God could have, right? Because the ultimate outcome when we live this way, when we wait wait well and and hope big, I think the outcome is joy, right? The outcome is excitement and adventure and and even more than those y'all, I think the outcome is freedom. Freedom to dream and also freedom to cry if it doesn't happen the way you want. And then freedom to dream again. So I don't know what you're waiting on. I, like I said, we're always waiting for something on any given day. And, and maybe you're like me and you're at the I can't wait point. And God bless. Be thankful, but don't rush it. Don't miss the holy anticipation. Don't miss the beautiful buildup of whatever awesome thing you can't wait for. But if you're where I was several years ago, desperately waiting, brokenly waiting, man, don't stop hoping. Don't stop calling on God to redeem what is lost or what feels like it's lacking. Okay? That's who he is. It's what he does. He redeems. He writes awesome stories, and they usually take a gradual, slow build to the crescendo. And it's worth it. So worth it. Dream big with them. Draw near to him. Bring your people in to what you desire and what you're waiting on and support each other in that. Because in the waiting, y'all, you are refined. You are made stronger in the meantime. And that is a beautiful treasure that I don't want you to miss. There is treasure right here where you are in the waiting. So don't miss the joy in it. And obviously, I cannot wait, speaking of, for season two to come later this fall. Y'all have been such an incredible audience, such an incredible community to interact and engage and support me. I'm so grateful for this small window of the world to share my heart, this small window of the world to encourage you and to bring in other beautiful people. And we have an incredible lineup in the works for season two. Thank you all for supporting me. Thank you for wanting to enjoy your life too. Please go share this season with people who maybe haven't heard of it yet um, so they can continue to listen throughout the summer and gear up for season two. You have been the best audience. I can't wait to keep on this journey with you. I love you guys. Go enjoy your day. This show is produced and edited by Elizabeth Evans Media Productions. Hey, y'all, if you're loving the show, go find that little follow button or plus sign on your podcast app. This will ensure you don't miss a single episode. See you next time.